From tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks Podcast, Episode 3 for June 16th, 2016. We're glad you've tuned in. The Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, collegiate senior in atmospheric science Brady Harris, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network radio operator Mark Johnson. Today, the Freaks welcome guests Dina Knightley, weather producer for The Lift, and Paxton Calvanese, developer of the WX24 Pilot Aviation Weather App for iOS. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, amateur storm spotter Phil Johnson. All right, well, welcome to episode three, everybody. Uh, again, we appreciate you listening in. One thing we want to ask is don't forget to subscribe to the show. If you're listening, uh, if it's on iTunes or Google Play, Stitcher, or TuneIn, uh, one of the things you can do is actually subscribe to the show. And the benefit to that is it allows you to be notified when we have a new show being posted. Okay, if you don't know, we're a bi-weekly show, um, but we do have plans and actually plans here in the near future of having some special segments uh, and special bonus shows that we want to post that might not be a part of our normal bi-weekly programming. And the only way you might find out, the only way you find out about that might be as if you subscribe. So just make sure you subscribe on whatever sh- um a uh, version of, of podcast uh, uh, library you're listening to. Um, this episode, uh, we've actually, we've got the, the benefit of having two guests. Um, I mean, we're getting big time now here on, on number three. <laughs> uh, we've big got two guests. One, one of them uh, is uh, Dina Knightley, who's a meteorologist and weather producer for The Lift. And we also have Paxton Calvanese. He's the developer of the WX24 pilot app uh, that's available on any iOS device. Um, and so they're here today. We also were going to be the, the team's going to be discussing social media forecasting. And, and the challenge there is how everyone's kind of getting in on the game and what that means for the general public when everybody's getting in on that. So um, so what I want to do is, is kind of get started first with uh, with our guest tonight. And so, uh, first off, we wanted to uh, bring on board uh, Dina Knightley. Dina is the uh, weather producer for the Weather Channel's mobile weather program called The Lift. Um, uh, we're excited to have you on, Dina. Uh, thanks for coming on board. Thanks, thanks for having me. Yay! So, um, so Dina, so here's here's one thing that I'm I'm very appreciative of is is uh the show and and i'll have you explain the show you produce a a little bit more but the benefit or or i guess what i'm appreciative of is the show is an early morning show so as a weather producer i know she is she goes into work uh oh dark hundred in the morning (laughs) and so normally for her this would be sleeping time uh you know and and the time that we're doing this. So she actually, uh, my understanding is she took the day off tomorrow so that she could be on with us. And, and we're very appreciative of that, uh, Dina, but so wow. Wow, tell, right. tell everybody, tell the audience what, um, what the lift is and, and what you've been doing for them. Well, the lift, it's America's first mo- uh, mobile morning show. So we kind of came up with the idea at the weather channel that, um, we want to make a show that you can watch right on your mobile device. I mean, everybody, including me, lives on their phone, right? We don't always turn on the TV, and sometimes you don't know what they're going to play. You don't know what region they're going to talk about. You may not have the time. So 
the the lift, the um, it has mainly weather forecasts. It has some fun stuff to make you laugh and get your day off. It's got some sciencey stuff, earth stuff, and we kind of try to keep it mixed up. But that way you can get everything you want within like six minutes. And it's kind of almost a la carte. So when you click on the Weather Channel app in the morning from 6 to 11 uh, in your time zone, you'll see all of our videos like lined up. And you can either watch them from start to finish or you can watch it as you want. Like you can kind of see the thumbnail on them. So if it's severe weather, you know, okay, let me watch the severe weather one, or maybe there's a flood one or a tropical hurricane or something. So you can kind of go through and just pick what you want and boom, you're done. You, you're informed for the day, which is are, kind of are, nice. Are you doing those video segments? Are those live and streamed or you're doing those producing them and then posting them? We, we record them and then post them. So okay. we go in early. Um, I do the weather side of it. Like I don't do the, uh, you know, like the earth or the virals. We call them like, you know, where you have a something fun to make you laugh in the morning. You know, we'll, we'll find, you know, when you have you, a bear and a. <laughs> when you don't you find do the kitten bear, videos. Well, no, but we'll, we do like the animals. People love animal videos. I mean, it's, it's you can have somebody flooding their house is flooding, but they love the cat videos. <laughs> oh, so, but it's I fun. love it starts you. It starts you off for the day. It, it makes it a fun day. So, but I do the weather ones. Okay, so what? What? Walk us through what's what's a day for you like then? Get up very very early. <laughs> um, then I go in and I kind of brief myself on the weather. Um, I also brief with our forecasters at the Weather Channel that have been there all night, um, and we kind of decide. You know, uh, well, we kind of go over a little bit of everything. We go over if it's tropical weather, winter weather, severe weather. And then we, we've kind of decided even earlier than that, like which ones we really want to cover. Um, you know, like some weather uh, events, although meteorologically they could be important, maybe some people may not care. Like we were kind of talking about a low off the coast, a low pressure system. It's not really going to do anything, but meteorologically, you know, brings a lot of wind and that. Uh, so we kind of got to decide uh, what's important, what people really want to watch. So we kind of like, you know, on the Weather Channel, on the TV side, you get everything. On the lift, we kind of like sparse it out for you, pick out what we think is probably what's going to impact the most people. And that's what we go with. And then I build all the weather hits, um, like all the graphics and the everything you see. And then we have our on-camera meteorologist who – um, you know, is the face of it. So kind of get everything you need in, in about six minutes and you're off. <laughs> it's kind of nice. You can drink your coffee and watch the lift. You can get ready in the morning and watch it. It's nice. So Dina, um, in terms of, is there ever a time where, cause I know sometimes like in the, in the next week, you might have this problem where there's not a lot weather wise going on. Like in terms of, is, is there a certain, like, do you try and have three weather stories, you know, three related yeah, stories I mean, or. There's times where we've done all weather. Like if we go into like a severe mode, then we'll do all weather, but that's when something big's going on. Like, you know, there's severe storms and then there's flooding or maybe there's a tropical system. Like then we will go into severe weather mode, but otherwise like we shoot for at least two or three weathers and we do um, the rest will all be like, newsy or fun 
uh, we try to hit certain categories like earth and science and, and fun and weather. And we try to get a little bit of everything to get you going for the day. So is that when you have pull out the kitten videos from the archives? Yeah, you always got to have a cute cat or don't forget the puppies. Oh. Don't forget puppies. Don't forget dolphins. You know, things like that. So, so, so Dina, anytime you have a, I'm sorry, go ahead, Brady. <laughs> anytime you have, a, anytime you have a kitten video, Dina, I'll probably be responsible for about half of you. So, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> That's good, oh, They're cute. Yeah. I mean, they kind of start you off. I'm gonna the day throw and up. Make you laugh. <laughs> Come on. Uh, here's my question. So, you said it's about six minutes worth of video. Is. is that right? Yes. So, how long does it take you guys to produce and develop six minutes? Well, we start, I am, I'm in very early and part of my morning is just looking at the weather, trying to get my, how I want to break it out. Like, you know, like on the TV side, I used to work on the TV side for many years and on TV, you want, you're working to fill time on digital, you're cutting time. You're just getting to the most important thing and you're moving on. So it's not like we're going to get into a big long explainer about why it's flooding and how wet the ground is and how much rain they've gotten in the past three months. We just give you what you need to know, how much you're going to get and when. So um, I kind of got to just figure out in the morning how I want to show it, what's the easiest way to understand it. And, and then I build the weather hits and then we record them in the studio and then we have it out and launched by 6 a.m. So we have it like till 6 to 11, you can see it. And then we put it on the Weather Channel Facebook too. So Dana, do you, is your studio, is it that you guys work out of, is it um, actually in the main you know, Weather Channel offices in Atlanta or is it um, like a satellite office? No, we're in, uh, we're in the Weather Channel building. Um, I don't know if you've heard though recently, like digital and TV uh, kind of split. Uh, IBM bought the digital side. Um, so we may not stay in that building forever. I don't know yet. I'm sure when I show up and I'm told that, Hey, we're moving your desk, <laughs> then, uh, we'll know where yeah. we're going. But, uh, at this time, uh, yeah, we're still in the same building. So yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Cause I heard about that too. So is it, so weather.com is now, is that like a separate entity from the broadcast side? Yes, we are separate now. Okay. I mean, a How, lot of us that... all work together, though. I mean, we've all worked, yeah. like, a lot of us worked on the TV side like I did and then came to digital, so we all know each other. Okay, so you, still work, so you still work with the same people. It's just technically two different companies, but it's still um, a similar environment. Yeah, I mean, this, the separate people, like, the TV people only work TV, though, and the digital people only work digital now. So uh, we are separate in that way, but, I mean, we, we've known each other in passing at least for, for a long time. Have, have you changed your on-air personalities since the switch or not? I haven't noticed. Not really. Um, as far as I can tell with the TV, everybody's still pretty much the same. Um, and then we have um, Dominica Davis and Ari Sarsalari on the digital side. Uh, and we'll get like Kate Parker, um, Daniel Banks, and they'll all be on the digital side. So uh, there isn't much there won't be any like um crossover anymore okay <laughs> what's what's been okay. the biggest challenge since you guys started sorry maz i'm I just uh, play off of that a little bit um because when when did the lift when did that program start we started back uh in october last year okay. we launched um and it's been doing really good for us 
I mean, I think people really like being able to just, you know, pick up their phone, watch what they need and move on. And, you know, what? Oh, I mean, even on your phone, you get your, your app too. So, I mean, you get your weather, you get your weather, you get the big stories, you get the videos, you get the virals, you get everything. Any major changes that you guys have, have undergone since October? Um, not really, well, not really. Like when we first started, we had Al Roker, we had Dominica, and we had Ari all on the lift. And then um, because we kind of split from TV, um, Al still stays on the TV side. Ari got his own show. He's got uh, the Ari effect in the afternoon. And then Dominica's on the lift. Okay. So that's pretty much like just kind of sparsing people out a little bit because the lift was doing really good. And so uh, we decided to kind of keep that ball rolling in the afternoon with Ari. So. So Dana, you have a really unique perspective because you've been on air and a producer. So which do you like more? Was it positive? Was it like, did you fight yourself? Cause you're like, no, I'm cutting my time. No, I'm not. You know, no, like I really didn't do much on air. Like I'll do on air. I joke, like I'll do it once a millennia. You know, like I'll get on to do something a little special. Um, I've done stuff on aviation. I've done stuff on like storm reports. Um, for a time there, they let us do things uh, quite often. But I've always been more behind the scenes. So, um, you know, like weather producers, we, we're in charge of all the weather stuff, but we have to work with the producer. Um, and that's especially like on the TV side, like how much time we can get they would always ask me like, well, how much time do you need? Like, well, how much time do you want to give me? <laughs> but in, in the digital world, we keep the videos to a minute or less. So boom, it's not like you got to sit there and wait. Like, are you going to get to what I want? Yeah. It's for people seconds. with attention spans like me with, with right. short, short, like squirrel. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. done. Boom. So you get what you want. Good. So Dina, I've always wondered, um, you know, have you, did you have any say in the, in the music that comes on for like the local on the eights? Because I've no. always kind of had beef with some of that music. It's funny over the years, cause I've been there a long time and you've heard changes over the years and then people always ask about it, but I'm like, no, I don't have any control <laughs> over that. And I have no control oh. over the crazy commercials they get to. Okay. I was going to say, I, I have a rap. I was going to say I have a rap that you guys could put on there, but, you know, I, have, oh, I haven't Lord. released it yet. On It's coming out on iTunes <laughs> the next year. I just wow. got well, to Well, give it to me. Send it to me, and right. we'll use it on the digital side. Hearing you right. every 10 right. minutes is the last thing I want in my life. <laughs> hey, it's Great. a weather Thank rap, you. too, so it, it would tie in pretty well. You know, Bi-weekly all my friends enough. know about it. Or send right. us the whole video, and then can we make fun of it a little bit? Like, can we do yeah. a viral video in the morning and make fun of it a little bit? Absolutely. You can make fun of me <laughs> as much as you want. He is Call me skin. whatever you we want. Do. Yeah. yeah. Very he thick skin. skin. He can take Very. it. Good. Okay. Well, let let me, uh, and, and if anybody else has stuff, they can jump in. But I do want to touch on the fact that, Dina, um, one of the neat things about tonight that I mentioned, uh, and you mentioned, is that sometimes you did some aviation pieces. Right. And tell us a little bit uh, why you might have an interest in doing that. Well, I started my college career as uh, an aviation. I, I wanted to do aviation. Um, I wanted to be a pilot. I started working at Continental, like when I was a teenager, um, like Continental Express and Continental back before it was, you know, now it's not United. But, um, and I got into that world. And I really liked it. I loved flying. 
Um, I got earned my private pilot's license, um, but I realized um, I, <laughs> I want to make some money when I get out of college. I don't want to have to keep spending like $100,000 to get hours and, you know, fly mail and freight overnight <laughs> and try to earn hours and be a flight instructor. And I realized like weather is really impactful to everybody on the planet. I mean, it doesn't matter your social status, how much money you make, weather impacts you no matter what. And I really got into it. I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool. And I can actually get a job with this after, after college, you know? So, um, I think aviation and weather are so intertwined that, um, I started taking the meteorology classes and I'm like, wow, this is a lot of math, <laughs> a lot more math than aviation, but, um, it was well worth it. So, um, Good. I mean, a a aviation still kept like my, um, my love of aviation. I still like doing anything weather and, and flight, um, together, but, uh, it's kind of nice to be able to get out of college and get a job. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, I'll tell you what, you couldn't segue uh, better, better than I could. That was awesome because I, I want to introduce, <laughs> this is great, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> you know, I'll tell you what, next show, you, you just, I think, Dina, you can take over. I'm done with this. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, but our second our second guest we have on tonight uh, is Paxton Calvinis and and Paxton, uh, what I really found interesting is he has developed an app uh, for iOS uh, iPhones that uh, is specifically for pilots to better interpret uh, the weather, and it's called the WX24 Pilot app. Um, and we'll have uh, we'll have links uh, to his website and, and things like that on our uh, stormfrontfreaks.com uh, that you can check out. But uh, Paxton, first off, welcome. Great having you on the show. Yay. Uh, Paxton! Um, so, uh, Paxton, tell us uh, a little bit, and, and this is what's great, is because, so, Dina is a, a pilot, so, uh, and, and obviously big weather influence, and obviously you saw a huge need. And, and I, I saw this myself on your website. What, and I'm not a pilot, but I, I saw visually what pilots have to look at to interpret a bunch of data and, yeah, and, right. and all that stuff and how you've turned it into what looks like a, a very simple visual um, interpretation of the weather data. So um, tell us, tell us a little bit about that. And I guess where you got that idea. Okay. Um, well, thanks for having me. It's uh, great fun to be on the show. And uh, I, uh, I'm a pilot. I've been a pilot for about private pilot for about four or five years. Uh, and obviously, a big thing about flying is you have to check the weather. It's part of the regulation. Uh, you have to check. You know, you got. What I found was that there's a, um, a ton of weather information to check. You know, you have your current conditions. You got the forecast conditions. You got en route conditions. You know, at the destination, there's area air mets or sigmets, um, the pressure maps, icing levels, and there's a ton of information. And as we know, the weather changes all the time. So before a flight, I, you know, I'll check in the morning and then, you know, you check a little bit later and you check a little bit later and right before you take off, you check. And then and during flight, you check what's going on, too. So it, it's uh, really what the app does and what I was trying to solve was to rep represent all this information visually. And, and the way I did it is I put, you know, when you talk about weather, you're talking about time, right? You, they're, they're inseparable. Um, and so I, 
put it around, basically the weather around the clock, like around a 24-hour clock. And that was kind of like the, the genesis of everything. It just made perfect sense. And, you know, looking back, I can't believe any, nobody else has done it. Um, and really, you know, kind of stepping back, I'm, I'm a data visualization guy. I've been doing in software development and a lot of data visualization. So it just made sense to me to kind of put, arrange the weather information the way I did. So what, t- tell us a little bit in, in the listening audience, what, what kind of weather information a pilot is trying to keep up on? So you, you have the current conditions, which are called METARs, um, and that's issued at, at uh, most airports, and they're good for one hour. Um, then there's a TAF, which is a terminal area forecast, which uh, is a 24-hour forecast or a 30-hour forecast. I just show 24 hours. And that's the most detailed and can be the most complex. And that's what, I, what you saw on the website. You have this kind of cryptic alphanumeric text code that's also um, all the times are in UTC, which, you know, they need to end up doing a lot of conversion. And that, you know, nothing, nothing about this was difficult. It's just kind of error prone and tedious to go through all these steps. So, so you, get, you, you list this each, each airport. Is that, is that how you set it up so you can look up each airport's correct. visual? Okay. Right. And so, and then weather, aviation weather is very detailed. You get cloud layers, you know, the, the types of, you know, the overcast, scattered, few, and, you know, and the elevation of them. Uh, the winds and direction, um, gusting. It's very. It's a very detailed weather report, uh, unlike the typical stuff you'd find on, like you know, the default i you know iPhone app. Um, and then weather condition, you know, weather, rain, snow, drizzle, you know, and all that stuff. Um, and then the last report I represent is air sigmets, which are airmets and sigmets. So sigmets are like convective sigmets, thunderstorms, and these are kind of area warnings there's um turbulence uh icing which obviously important to um pilots and these are all at altitude uh for in-flight conditions paxton i just got one question for you sure why do you hate android (laughs) (laughs) no i don't hate android where do you get that from oh go on you've only said apple and ios like 10 times He's, well, he's saying that you know, because I guarantee that. you his phone is not an an Apple phone. He's he just <laughs> yeah. he's jealous. That's all. I'm just pl- trying to be here. Gonna hate. Haters gonna hate, Maz. Haters <laughs> gonna hate. When uh, well, the answer. I mean, the answer if you have to have one is that when you you know when you push out an app, you typically go to the I- iPhone first. That's where all the money's at. And then most of the pilots have iPads, at least. I do get a lot of Android requests, and I am developing a version for Android, but it's got to be, there you go. It's got to be valuable. So Dina's a previous pilot. Yep, she knows. She knows. Um, so so it is, it's, so your, your app works for the iPhone as well as the iPad, is that right? Correct. Are they any different? Uh, the iPhone's probably a little smoother. The iPhone. You know, it was developed for the iPhone first, but it's okay. pretty much the same stuff. It's just so one's Paxton. smaller and one's bigger. Yeah, yeah. There you go. One smaller, <laughs> one's bigger. Real I'll quick, Paxton. So, so if if um, in your mind, what what do you imagine? Like, who do you imagine using this? Do you imagine like a pilot like in flight using it, or do you imagine like a pilot who's about to take off, about to land, someone at an airport? You know, who who is your um, targeted person for this app? 
And isn't that like texting and flying? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You could do that. You'd be surprised how many pilots play get on their phones and uh, commercial by ATPs play games. Wait, really? Are you kidding me? I have friends. If if I can't text and drive, then they shouldn't be able to (laughs) play games and fly. That's ridiculous. The dirty little secret is flying is so much easier than driving. (laughs) It's true. Well, Paxton, can you even like get a good signal when you're flying with with that? Like I thought maybe with the phone. Typically. So if, I mean, up to like 12,000 feet, you can pick up a signal the way. So to answer your question, it's a pre-flight planning tool. You, before you fly, you, you, you know, you're required by the regulation to um, do all your research on the weather and route conditions at the destination and all that type of stuff. So you, you have that in your mind. Um, during the flight, obviously, there's a lot of airplanes that got built-in weather. Um, they broadcast over the airways. So a lot of planes have got devices to pick that information up. Currently, I don't have, I'm not hooked up into that. I, that'll probably be a future upgrade if things go well. Um, I use it in route, I use it in flying because if, you know, if I'm at flying at 5,000 feet, I'm typically get service and, and it updates. The weather reports come out like the, the forecast come out every six hours. So if a flight's at few, three, two, three hours, you know, it, it suffices for that. Um, okay. But as okay. you go over so a big point- city, You'll get the data pickup and it'll update. Okay, so um, you, you Paxton, plan on giving it to, yeah, go ahead, Dina. Oh, sorry, Paxton, can you file your flight plan on your app? Uh, not yet. That'd be cool. Oh, I think there was cool. a little hint in there of Royalty. some future, yeah. future update. I already had that you idea. Hook up, you tank. Hook up with, got um, WSI. WSI is my old company. It's part of the weather company. I used to work for them, and they're big in data. They got a lot of aviation stuff going on there. This commercial moment was brought to you by. Yes. <laughs> but that would be somewhere. That would yeah, be, that'd be kind of cool. Features, you know, it, it's always a struggle between developing a new feature and marketing it. You know, you have to spend so much time um, promoting it, writing content, you know, social media, all that stuff. And, you know. Podcasts, you know, that kind IBM of IBM didn't offer to yeah, buy me. I don't know. So I'm stuck <laughs> in the <laughs> well, I'll send your name well, over. Paxton, yeah, you do that. <laughs> so, Paxton, I see, I see. There's a, a whiteboard behind you with there's looks like a lot of equations. Yeah, um, that's, that's, you know, yeah. yeah I, I know. You know, trade secrets. It looks like some you know pretty heavy, <laughs> uh, pretty heavy stuff back there. That's uh, yeah. Those are just development releases, features I have planned, and you know that type of thing, bugs and stuff I got to remember. So, so t- how long have you had the app out now? Has it been uh, um, out official? Uh, I released it end of last year. Okay. Kind of a soft release. I think that the real kind of launch was mid-March. I was at a show in Texas and okay. that was kind of like the first launch. And then I had a press release go out and I've had, so since that time, since about mid-March, I've had about five, no, 4,000 downloads, something like that. Oh, wow. Okay. Nice. That's pretty good. Is that, yeah. uh, and, and the feedback you're getting, I guess, what's the biggest positive you're hearing so far? Well, people love it. So there's, there's two types of two types of pilots, and, and other people use it too. Like, I mean, it's good for skydivers, and uh, I get my snow plow guy uses it because it's the way it represents. It's just a very quick read. And one of the things I, about data visual, like communicating information is um, 
you do have to do it quickly and succinctly, and that's what it does. And so, you know, it's, it synthesizes all this information very quickly. So it's just a very quick read. So I got other people, you know, lots of other people think it's cool and everything. But as far as pilots go, um, some guys get it right away and they love it. Other guys like, you know, what the hell is this? You know, a bunch of circles. Like, it doesn't make any sense to them. But usually, you know, if I could talk to them and say, well, it does this, this, and this, and they come around and they're actually pretty impressed. So... I get so I got a is, plenty of bad comments though on my uh, I've, on the Apple Store. So <laughs> see, see, I told you. <laughs> I'll leave a copy for you. Hey, how much does that cost? It's um, a dollar a month, basically twelve dollars a year. So oh, you awesome. know, after the government, after the IRS takes their cut, wow. and after the Apple takes their cut, I'm left with about five bucks, which is just enough for a you know cup of expensive a latte. There you go, and, and that's yeah. my goal is to kind of get every day of the year filled, and <laughs> so you get three <laughs> cup of coffee every day. Well, good for you, man. Well, uh, well, for, just so everybody knows, if you want more information uh, about Paxton and that WX24 Pilot app. Um, or, or if you want uh, more information uh, about uh, Dina and the lift, uh, we'll have information on stormfrontfreaks.com. So we'll have links to the app and, and to find out more about these guys as well. What is there a way, uh, Dina, is there a way people can follow you if they want to know what's going on? Sure. I'm on Twitter as lady pilot 70. Um, I also tweet for the lift in the morning. It's like at the lift. And I usually tweet out with the Weather Channel too. So even if you get on the Weather Channel and and follow them, you'll you'll catch us. But okay. I try to tweet everything about five a.m. Uh, we launched the show at six, so I try to give everybody an idea of what we're talking about. And that's Eastern yeah, time, so, right? Yes, but so, like from six to eleven, you can see it. It doesn't matter what time zone, so it'll be six okay. to eleven Central and so forth. So. Got it. And then Paxton, what if people want to uh, follow the latest on on you and the app? What how can they follow you guys? Um, I don't know. Good question. I you know I'm not so good on social media. You could probably just download <laughs> the app and pay for it, and then all <laughs> eight messages. Okay. Then, well, and again, we'll we'll, we'll get have... him through IM. Him send me an IM. email. There's a there's Some a phone. Phone. You could send me an email. Call me up. I don't care. I'll talk to you. <laughs> do, you want, do you want to give them your email? You want to give out your email address? It's on my people? website. Okay. Okay. You know, it's yeah. Find anything and else. we'll we'll have that, and we'll have those links on our website too. So if people want to find out more, uh, they can do that. All right. All right. So Twitter and all that too. I don't even, you know. Well, and and I I didn't until about three or four months ago. So I had to get with the I had to get with the times. I guess yeah. we all got to do that. But anyway, all right. So appreciate uh, appreciate that. So I I told you guys one of the things we do with our guests. Every episode is what we call the lightning round. It's basically a two-minute speed round of, of fun questions. And uh, what we're going to do, we have a joy of having two guests. So we're going to make this a little contest. And, and for this episode, and hopefully this episode only, we're calling it the lightning, lightning round because we're <laughs> poking fun at all the people on social media that happen to misspell or, or their device misspells lightning. So instead of the lightning round, we're going to call it the lightning round. And in honor of that, all the questions are going to have something to do with light. Okay. Okay. And so so here's what we're going to do. Whether this is two minutes or not, I don't, it may or may not be two minutes. We'll we'll try and do it quickly. But uh, I need someone to take score. Can someone? I got it. 
right. I've always been good with math, so you know. So, so here's what I'll do. We'll just alternate. I'll start with one of you, and I'm going to ask you a question. I'll I'll give you just a a a brief moment. If if you don't know the answer, just say I don't know, Um, and then I will give you two potential answers, and one of them is correct. Do we get a lifeline or something? Well, that's the life. I mean, that's the lifeline. Phil, Phil, real quick, I think we need to come up with team names uh, so I can, you know, organize my score a little better. So we need to – Dina and Just remember, who went to uh, Ohio State together? Let's go. Go Bucks. Right. Go Bucks. Okay, so uh, this is like golf. We'll just we'll just go Paxton and Dina. Is that fair? Um, all right, so what, what I'm going to do – so I'll start with Dina. Uh, and so I'll ask you a question. And, and again, if, if I, right away, if you don't know, just say, I don't know. And that's, that's fine. Cause some of these, and I, I do need to put a little shout out to my wife, uh, because her and I, on our trip back to Ohio today, I was like, you know, I got to come up with questions. So while I was driving, she was actually coming up with all these uh, questions. So these, these are, um, so we can either, if, if they're not good, we can throw her under the bus, but, but they're great. And so we can praise her and I wanted to give her a shout out. Uh, all right, so you ready? And again, okay. if you don't know, say I don't know, and I'll give you two answers, and one of them is correct. Okay. okay. Who invented the light bulb? Thomas Edison. Very good. All right, Paxton. Uh, and, and there's no order to these, by the way. <laughs> so you're going to love Paxton. Here's yours. What is the speed of light? <laughs> um, it's like, I you know, I just saw this the other day. It's like two points nine no is it 2.9 something 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 meters per second um you know what something like that i'm, I'm gonna oh, give it to you and here's why because uh, listen you any of you guys know that yeah it's on the board it's right behind eighty-six thousand. It's, it's on the chalkboard it's actually i get points for meters per second well, I'm just, we'll give you a point. That was, and I'm giving you a point because that was pretty darn close. It's three times ten to the eighth power meters per second. Yeah, I was close. I mean, that was right there. So oh, two point nine nine something. That, that's, that's really that's close. I'll give it to you. So we're we're one to one. All right, uh, Dina. Oh, actually, this one might might actually you might know this one. I don't know that Paxton would know this. Looking at Paxton, um, <laughs> what is the? No, 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 no. Before I get into that, what is the what is the chemical used in hair lightening? In hair lightening? Hair lightening. When you need to lighten your hair and you go to the this Oh laundry. bleach. Um, I guess. Well, is is hydrogen peroxide? Is that bleach? Okay. Well, yeah. Not, either that one. Bleach? That's gonna ruin your uh, hair, though. I don't even know. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, that is the chemical used. So I will get, we'll give it to you. I don't, I don't know yeah. if hydrogen peroxide is bleach. Yeah, uh, I was a biology major, and I don't even know that. Chem minor, <laughs> I don't remember. Disappointed. Come on, they both, Phil. they both work. All right, we'll give it to you. All right, I think your wife, your wife made that a question to test you, and you failed. She, so. I know. I, it's I fail all the time. I fail her all the time. All right. Um, <laughs> So Paxton, what color absorbs all light? Black. Very good. Ooh, got it. All right. Um, all right. Well, this is going to test your musical background, Dina. Okay. What, con- what country singer's album is titled "Kill the Lights"? Oh, I don't know country that all well, right. so I'll just go like Blake Shelton. I don't know. Oh well, he, um, that's good. That's not right. 
But <laughs> these, 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 are, these are your two responses, either Blake okay. Shelton or Luke Bryan. Oh, Luke Bryan. Oh, you got it. All right. Okay. <laughs> Wait a second. You didn't get called it now. Hold on. It was Paxton. Oh, give it to the blonde. It yeah. Unbelievable. All right. Paxton, yes. what's another name for a light bulb designed to emit ultraviolet light? <laughs> another name for that? Yeah. That emits ultraviolet light. Use your same answer as before. <laughs> the black light? Very good. Uh, black light. I thought yeah. it was an ultraviolet. Ultraviolet. No. No, no. That's what I said. It's designed to no. emit ultraviolet light. No, why I know. Ultraviolet. Ultra- no, an ultralight, you fly. Ultraviolet. It's a combination of both. Never mind. Just keep All going. Right. Keep going. going on. All right, Dina. Okay. Uh, what beer referred to in the commercials tastes great, less filling? Miller Light, isn't it? Very good. Yes. All right. Woo-hoo! Paxton. What is another name for a firefly? Lightning bug. Or lightning bug. <laughs> right. Oh. We'll give that bonus. To you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, bonus, bonus, right? That All right, Dina. Bonus point. Uh, Dina. Okay. Who, who was the voice of Lightning McQueen in the movie Cars? Oh, um, oh, the blonde. Wait, I know it. He's got the... I need a name, not a description. I'm not gonna no. I'm not gonna give that to you. <laughs> I know his right. face. Here, I'm trying here, to here's it. the two options. Okay. Vince Vince Vaughn or Owen Wilson. No. Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. All right, very good. Oh. All right. And then uh, to finish, Paxton, what is the lightest chemical element? Hydrogen. Very good. Very wow. Good. Nice job. All right. That was a tie. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you kind of you gave a couple answers away, but in the end, it ended up in a tie if you count. But there was a bonus point that might have been avoid, awarded. But you know. all right, well, it, we'll call it a tie. You guys, you guys are both great. Uh, we love to have you on. We appreciate it. Um, and and I think uh, you guys are great sports. But I think you guys are going to stick around for our yes. uh, our hot topic, right? Yes. Yeah, the social. Good. Good. Okay. So uh, what we're going to do? We're going to take a quick break. Uh, and when we come back, we're going to go ahead and discuss uh, social media forecasting uh, with the team and with our guests. But in the meantime, here is Storm School with Brady Harris. This is Storm School, where together we'll take an in-depth look into certain weather phenomenon, why they happen, where they happen, what causes them. Some topics we'll cover the things you might have never heard before or things you've heard a lot. Welcome to Storm School. Class is in session. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Storm School. I'm Brady, and today we're going to be talking about hail. We're going to be talking about how it forms, where it forms, and what are kind of the processes that go you know, into getting some large hail, um, especially out in the plains. So first of all, I'd like you guys to get out a pen and paper, write this stuff down, because this is very useful, very interesting um, things to remember in the future when you're thinking about when and where you're going to get a hail situation. So first of all, imagine a storm um, with a, a you know a storm has an updraft. So basically, you have inside of that updraft you have rising air, you have water vapor as well as liquid water rising up into the air. And then once that you know within a cloud that updraft uh, gets to a certain height, 
there's a freezing level. That's where the temperatures of the environment get below freezing. And everything above that level, any water vapor usually forms in ice crystals. So what will happen is in the updraft, once water vapor gets above the freezing level, it begins to freeze on cloud condensation nuclei. That's basically a fancy word for particles of dust that allow the water vapor to, you know, kind of gather on there. So then, you know, once the um, water vapor gets above that level, it'll freeze, become ice crystals, and then, you know, at, it'll get stuck in the updraft, and more water vapor will continue rising throughout that column and basically get stuck on the ice crystal because water attracts each other because it's polar. Um, so, you know, more water vapor will get stuck on that ice crystal and then it'll freeze and once it gets heavy enough it'll begin to fall throughout the updraft because of gravity so that ice crystal will fall through the updraft and get to a certain level and then you know it'll get too light because gravity won't be able to pull it down because it's just not heavy enough so then it'll go back up into the updraft back up into the storm and then as it gets above the freezing level all the water vapor that accumulated on it as it fell will freeze again forming a bigger ice crystal this time and then it'll fall again, and that process will repeat itself until the ice crystal becomes heavy enough to fall. By that time, it's usually, you know, a ball of ice, what we call hail, and it'll actually fall throughout the updraft into the downdraft and fall to the ground. Now, the size of hail will all depend on the strength of the updraft. So if you have a very strong updraft, those ice crystals, as they fall, will basically get, you know, if they're decent size, you know, pieces of hail at that point, if the updraft's very strong, then you're not going to get, it's not going to be able to fall because the updraft is too strong. So that'll, it'll get, you know, picked back up into the updraft, up into the high reaches of the cloud, and then accumulate more ice, accumulate more water on it, and become bigger as it gets above that freezing level. Um, and then it'll fall. And then eventually, it'll overpower the updraft once it gets huge in, you know, very strong updraft scenarios. That's why in supercells, which have very, very, very strong updrafts, you usually get very strong hail, very large hail, because of the fact that the updraft is so strong that it keeps that you know ball of ice up in the air for a very long period of time, allowing all this water vapor that's rising up throughout the updraft to accumulate on it until it becomes too big, too heavy, and it eventually falls to the ground in the downdraft to the left. So that's how you get hail. That's how you form large hail um, or hail in general. You know, in, in weaker updrafts, you're going to get, you know, pea-sized, nickel-sized hail. That's why in usually the weaker storms, you have smaller hail. So, you know, hail can be very destructive. There's only been three um, fatalities of hail ever in hailstorms, although, you know, actual storms themselves have caused billions and billions of dollars in crop damage and property damage and storm chaser car damage, you know, I'm sure you storm chasers out there know about, you know, punching through a hail core and some of the damage it can do. So hail is very damaging. It's very hazardous. Um, but in general, you know, hail, the size of the hail is usually dependent on the strength of the updraft. Um, so that's something to look for. The stronger the storm, usually um, the stronger the hail. And not all storms will produce hail, but, you know, a good deal of supercells will and a decent amount of line segments will. Well, that was your storm school for today. Uh, let's get back to the podcast. Take it away. All right, welcome back. Um, you know, we're deciding right now if we should throw social media forecasters under the bus uh, or if we should just, uh, let people have fun. And, and we're 
I want to refer a little bit to a blog. We'll have this on our stormfrontfreaks.com webpage, but uh, it's a blog on uh, w9wl.farlowconsulting.com. Uh, it's, uh, it's by Jay Farlow, but his the, the title of this particular piece says, Irresponsible Social Media Weather Hype Has Real Consequences. And so I bring this up primarily because one of the things I actually heard when I started this podcast um, was I heard in the weather community, you know, people saying, don't, don't do on your podcast, don't do weather forecasting. Don't do avoid that because in the weather community, people are getting fed up with people doing their own forecasts and, uh, and blasting it on social media and, and people average Joe public wondering, okay, this person is saying this, and this person is saying uh, there's a 85% chance, and this person is saying it's a 50% chance. What 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 do I expect? Or or this person says the severity level is this high, uh, but this person, and it's not just um, amateur people. I mean, these are our meteorologists and television meteorologists that some of them are just in, as involved in postings on social media and might be conflicting something else. And so the confusion obviously comes from the general public in going, who, who am I to follow? And, and should this, what's going on here? And, and is there a way to regulate this or not? And, and I only want to bring this up and I'm just going to first shoot it actually to Brady because Brady, I know uh, just from personal experience, I've seen you daily posting a um, weather forecast for the Columbus, Ohio area. And yep. so I know you do that. And, and I'm, I'm not here to nec- necessarily throw you under the bus or anything like that. But <laughs> yes, you are doing it. <laughs> not, not yet. BB, not yet. No. Right? I, I'm going to give you. Yes. Your yet. Give me the benefit but, of the doubt. So, tell, so I guess t- tell me, justify why you do it and why you should be able to do it. And why people should pay attention to you and and. Yeah. Get them, Phil. Well, Get them. But, yeah. <laughs> just wait. No, just kidding. But so when I started out, um, I made my Twitter account uh, at Young Life Weather, at Wild Weather. You can give me a follow. Uh, that's my plug. But anyway, I started it um, back when I was a senior in high school. So this was um, before I had any weather experience. I mean, I had weather experience, but I had no formal education. I had no um, weather training, no forecaster training. So you know, I definitely can see um, your point where there is a problem. There definitely is a problem, what they call social mediologists. Um, Eric Elwell, a, a weather forecaster um, at WHIO in Dayton, actually did a story about it. Um, but, you know, I made my Twitter account. And then as I got um, my education in college, I kept forecasting. And I, I put out daily forecasts for the Columbus area. And, you know, you know, they weren't probably weren't the most accurate forecasts. Um, but, you know, when it comes to Twitter, what what are people really looking for on Twitter? You know, it's it's whatever they um, want to consume. You know, it's whatever they, um, you know, click on and like and favorite. It's 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 up to them. So honestly, I don't see a problem with um, I mean, I do. I definitely do see a problem with people putting out conflicting forecasts and having their own matrices for things like severe weather events. But you know, if if I'm going to put out a daily weather forecast for, you know, Columbus, Ohio, and, you know, my temperature is probably going to be within one to two degrees, and I'm giving, you know, live radar updates, you know, I don't see a problem with that. 
But I, you know, I definitely do see a problem with some of these other people um, that. But how are you forecasting? I mean, what are you using to? Are are you? I mean, when you were a senior in high school, (laughs) you had to have been just pulling that crap off the National Weather Service feed, right? You know, I I wasn't even doing that. I was looking at the uh, Weather Channel board. So, (laughs) so. Dina might have helped me out with some forecasting in high school. So no, I I was pulling it off the the Weather Channel app, um, especially as senior in high okay. school. My friends are gonna hate me for it because I told them I didn't do that, but I did. Oh, the truth comes out. Yeah, the, I hopefully you're not listening. Hopefully they're not listening to this podcast. True, yeah, we do. Um, we still want Brady. them to listen. We, we yeah, want no, I want them to listen, them but you know, just skip this. So part. so here, but, so yeah. here's the thing, because in all honesty, I I think it's it the issue is a lot less um, Brady as a senior in high school, because in all honesty, Brady as a senior in high school probably had very little credibility and he had very little following. That I don't think really is the issue, okay? I think the issue gets a little bit higher up and a little bit higher up where people either develop a big social media following, whether they have the credentials or not, they have a big social media following, and so because of that, their popularity level makes people believe there is some um, credibility there that maybe doesn't exist or because of their status. I'm a meteorologist. I'm a television meteorologist. I'm a weather producer meteorologist that their status gives them credibility. And so their followers listen. And so I think the issue becomes the larger scale it starts to become even a bigger issue than the the little Joe, who as a the little Brady, cute little Brady, as a senior. Oh, in come high on! School, I've got two hundred followers. Come who, on! Who totally plagiarized the Weather Channel app and, and <laughs> called it his own. Oh shoot! That I, is don't, I don't think that's there's the bus. That was the bus, by the way. Um, oh, if, oh. if we had bus sounds right now, I'd brrrm, there it goes. But I, I really don't think that's the issue. And and um, so, I, I, what do you guys think about that? I think it's a sign of the times. I think right now, you know, social media is huge. You know, when I was around, there was no such thing as social media. It tells you how old I am. But <laughs> I think the challenge is, like you said, you don't know who the meteorologists are anymore. And a lot of them are, are getting their Twitter, Twitter handles. And you can't tell who is who unless you delve in to find out who they really are. So I also see that I think every station is really pushing for all their meteorologists to be on Twitter, to have a presence for more and more followers. So I don't know exactly where that ends, really. Well, I'll, I'll take, right, I, I agree. And I'll, I'll take that, uh, Phil, your credibility piece another step further and say, okay, so these people, and again, whether they're meteorologists or, or whomever they are, are building this following and they're getting this, what you say is a false sense of credibility, which is probably true. And I think where it poses the problem is when it crosses into safety type things to where they're, you know, people are now looking at them for all of the weather information and not looking to credible sources when things get to be a safety issue, where there's flooding, when there's severe weather, when there's things like that. And if they're not able to give the same, you know, quality information at that point, then those folks are missing, right? There's a missing link there. They're not getting the important safety information that they need because they've chosen to follow whom they're following. Yes, that's absolutely true. But who they're following may not be credible enough or may not be able to deliver the right information to them to, to keep them safe. If that makes any sense. I don't know. Yeah, it I know does. 
I know who Dina follows. I want to know who Paxton follows. <laughs> I, you know, actually, I don't even watch. I don't even have. A, I don't even have cable or anything. I don't watch. I get all my news <laughs> from Wikipedia. <laughs> there wow. you go, Wikipedia. I've edited that before. Yeah. Maybe um, Paxton, you but... can get the lift right on your phone. You don't need cable. Yeah, you know that's. <laughs> Ooh. I'll do that. I'll do that. And it's free. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> But yeah, you know, what you know, what do you think about that? Um, you know, because obviously you're you're in there, you're in mobile. You guys do mobile programming and all that. Where have you seen issues about that? Or yeah, I do. Um, and a lot of it you got to take with a grain of salt. Uh, I really look at who is sending it, um, and I try to follow more like. Um, at least somebody who's been in it for a while. I do kind of take it with a grain of salt sometimes. If um, you know, I. I haven't followed them for long. Um, I try to get, I, I do like to get TV meteorologists from different regions of the country because they're out and they're usually being sent out to these weather events. So they're always getting good video and pictures too. Or I try to follow uh, like national weather service people or the, or the offices. So I know that they're credible, but at the same point, I also know if they're saying something crazy, I just disregard it. But like you said, the common person's not going to know that. So it can be dangerous. It's It's got its ups and downs because uh, since social media came around, it's really opened up a whole new window uh, or a whole new world for us. Because now, even if like, you know, we used to go to the National Weather Service to get reports, storm reports, but you might be getting people taking a picture like in San Antonio of it flooding right now and people's cars being flooded. Um, so you can kind of, that's where it really opens up the positive. Now the negative is when people are trying to like um, outdo each other and say, I can like, I'm going to forecast, you know, 90 days in advance. And it's going to be perfect. And you know, it's not going to be, nobody can do that. Yeah, and I and I think too, you know, it's the the issue seems on the the longer scale for like uh, to me, weather events like hurricanes and winter storms fall into that even more so because of the severity of what it could be um, draws attention, and so you get people that are trying to draw attention. The, the blog that uh, was actually written by uh, Jay, he, he he showed a an actual Twitter post by. Um, uh, by what I assume is a television meteorologist, but said, beware of internet trolls. There's currently no winter storm, no snow or ice in the forecast for our area. We will get cold, but dry because I think people can latch onto that. And, and because it's farther out, bigger scale event that can be better forecasted farther out. This is where I, I've talked about before. There's the run on water and milk at the grocery st stores over something where people are trying to get attention and yeah. and now using social media because we talked about that last episode is is television meteorology fewer and fewer people are watching tv now and getting their news and getting their weather from television and instead getting it from their mobile devices and the internet and everything else right you, you know, I, know i think it's the same the same thing though right with it i listened to the show last week and you touched on it where the networks do this kind of the same thing. I'm in Chicago and when there's a snowstorm, I, you know, anytime I hear a report, I basically divide by two on the amount of snowfall and it doesn't <laughs> even that. And it works every time. Um, it's the same type of mentality. I think everybody wants attention 
and social media is a great way of, of finding that attention, right? And anybody will do anything to get that attention. That was so, a little bit negative. Attention hey, I'll do anything, all right? Get, get some more followers from my account, right? <laughs> Brady, I'll follow you. Don't worry. Yes. Yes. Wow. Brady, wow. just... Everybody does know, you know who the original social media weather forecast was, don't you? <laughs> the Farmer's Almanac. Oh, yeah. yeah. There yeah. you go. Unreal. <laughs> so are you all saying Unreal. bad stuff about the Almanac? No, it's really accurate, right? And super specific. <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, you know, coming from, I, I, you know, I agree with um, a lot of what you guys are saying. And just to put you guys in that, you know, put, or to put the, to put the audience in, in um, the shoes of a forecaster on Twitter who, you know, I'm definitely not the most credentialed person out there. But, you know, it's hard. Um, it definitely is a challenge when you have a big weather event. Um, you know, I want, and other people want to make the first call on something like a big snowstorm or, you know, a big severe weather event. And I think that happens with a lot of TV guys too. They want, they want, and they'll, you know, the weather channel and AccuWeather alike, they both want to beat each other to the punch in terms of naming some of these events. So I think, you know, it's, that is part of it. It's, it's, it's people definitely seeking attention, but it's also people wanting to be, first to the punch because you know they're they're either excited about a weather event to come or they want um you know they they want their name and their brand to be out there so i think you know i definitely agree with you guys but it's it's a challenge um to balance those two but i definitely think it it hurts meteorologist credibility um when you talk about some of that kind of stuff so you know i definitely might have been in the wrong but i've come around a bit you know, I'm, I'm pretty much all my majors. So still time. follow me. I'm a great, great, uh, great I'm sorry. What'd you say? I was on social media. <laughs> <laughs> More cat pictures, Brady. More cat pictures. Oh, hey, follow me. I'll, I'll post yeah. a cat. I'll post a cat pick a day. You know. All right, discussions that. going downhill here in a hurry. I think we start talking <laughs> cat cat videos and pictures again. Uh, you guys have anything else to add to that? That was good. All right. So <laughs> like crying wolf you know people always see the forecast being wrong by non-credible meteorologists then when you do think hey this is a really big deal pay attention it could be life-threatening people are like oh come on i've seen it too where like i've even looked at some of the national weather service posts that say this is life-threatening and i don't i don't overhype personally unless i really believe it so then they kind of think, oh, you guys are just getting crazy. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And then, I, then I'll then i try to find out later what happened. Oh, we're, we're fine. Like, well, our house flooded, but we're fine. And <laughs> um, I mean, we lost our fence, but that's okay. It, was, it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> that's kind of what you get later. All right. Well, um Listeners, tell us what you guys think about this. I think it's uh, it's a good topic to to hear a little bit about what you think, and I think there's uh, two sides of the fence on it. But you can comment by email. Uh, send us an email at questions at stormfrontfreaks.com. Uh, you can do it through Twitter at stormfrontfreak, or visit our website stormfrontfreaks.com, and uh, we'll be sure to share some of our responses uh, on our next show. So on that note, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, you'll hear the team's recommendations for our weather fools and media outbreaks. You're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. 
And now a quick word from our friends at Entropy Technology Design, makers of the Nimbus line of storm detection devices. The Nimbus 4 storm detector combines the power of three microprocessors and patent-pending antenna design to give you real-time information about storms as they form, move, and become a threat to your location. The Nimbus has the ability to see nearly invisible storms as they form and also to detect storm activity as far away as 600 miles. It can see the fast-changing conditions that increase the possibility of tornadoes. The Nimbus can track up to 50 storms at the same time, focusing on the storm activity that can directly impact you. The weather changes quickly and the Nimbus tracks it all and keeps you informed about the changing levels of danger until your location is safe. The Nimbus is the next generation of storm detection and safety. Go to www.nimbus4.com for more information. And don't forget to enter our contest to win a Nimbus 4 device valued at over $800. For details, visit www.stormfrontfreaks.com or our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash stormfrontfreaks. Now back to the podcast. All right, welcome back. Um... Brady, uh, let's let's hit Weather Fools. Yeah, so guys, uh, this is Weather Fools. We're going to be talking about um, basically people in the world of weather that make silly, dumb, or just plain stupid decisions, or make some funny, pretty interesting videos. Um, so, Phil, why don't you start us off with your Weather Fool of the Week? All right, well, well, my, uh, my Weather Fool is uh, thanks to a listener, Joe Curland, who actually made, made this aware to me. Um, it's it's uh, it's actually from down under. It's uh, it's on YouTube. You'll uh, we'll post it online. But uh, it's down under. It's it's a weatherman. I don't know what kind of credibility he has, but he's ta- he's going through the forecast and then he shows a uh, photo from um, I believe it's a Twitter photo of a funnel cloud, and he makes a comment about how. The funnel cloud looks rather like a male organ. Oh no! Um, Whoa. Yeah, sort of oh, from down under. It, it, you know, and again, I don't know what it's like down under or New Zealand, wherever this was broadcast <laughs> oh, from. My. But he, really he trying to get to viewers. The, exactly. Um, but when you really look at the funnel cloud, you know, <laughs> it does. <laughs> you know, it, he's it's pretty darn close so uh so i'll i'll uh, make sure that link is online so yeah that that's pretty foolish if uh, if you ask me but uh so anyway my fool of the week um so there's a, a uk or british or london whatever um whatever you call those you know people over across the sea english in uh, britain yeah english people but we're no we're english that's any anyway anyway yeah. Uh, yeah, whatever, whatever. Geography uh, by name, Brady. Exactly. Yes. I haven't Credibility taken issues again. I haven't taken that <laughs> class yet. But anyway, um, her name is CN Welby. Um, she's a weather forecaster over there. She does national, or not national, yeah, national weather forecasting for the country. Um, and she did a, uh, a Harry Potter pun. Like, her f- entire forecast was based around Harry Potter puns. And it was it was very impressive. But I absolutely hate Harry Potter. What? And, and, I, and I can't stand it when people tell me that Lord of the Rings is better than Harry Potter or that Lord of the Rings is worse than Harry Potter because that argument for some reason comes up a lot. So that's my weather fool of the week because I just can't stand Harry Potter. And people that think 
Harry Potter is a better story than Lord of the Rings. Maybe need to read a book. I mean, J.R. Tolkien invented multiple languages in a universe. What did J.K. Rowling do? She made up magic and wits. I very, I feel very strongly about this. If you can, this geek out episode is brought to you by Brady Harris. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're we're, that's another that's another podcast uh, that we'll be starting. Will be the um, uh, Why Lord of the Rings is Better Than Harry Potter podcast, led by Brady. I'll talk. I'll talk for the whole sixty minutes. I, 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 my theory. I, I've written a paper about this before, so I, you know. And this Very is a good. Smart. This is also a good time for our Stormfront freaks disclaimer that not all views of all team members of the Stormfront. <laughs> there you go. Is the view of all Stormfront freaks. Here, here. I like so, it. Oh, unbelievable. Well, well, yeah, that's I, for I like another. Lord of the Rings. That's a discussion for another <laughs> yeah, time. Suck up, Lord of the Rings. Boom. Okay. Yes. All right, yes. uh, Maz. Um, Maz, lead us through our media outbreaks. Yeah, and who gave you control of the bell? That's what I want to know. <laughs> dangerous, oh, dangerous. Man. So, yeah, I will. Actually, we'll have dueling bells. Okay, so tonight's uh, media outbreaks, for those who don't know what it is, it's basically the, the kudos out there. We see somebody, something, whatever, that's doing something great. And uh, I actually, I'm, I'm kind of excited about this because it kind of flows with something earlier in the program. Uh, the kudos tonight for me is from the National Weather Service in Omaha. And uh, you can actually look it up on Twitter too, National Weather Service, Omaha, you know, slash Omaha. But since we're really getting into the big heat, this is the first big reminder of the season. Um, you know, when they talk about please don't leave your kids or your pets in cars. And they didn't just say that. They did a, you know, we've always heard about it. It's hot enough to cook an egg on the sidewalk. So they actually <laughs> did. They cooked eggs and bacon in a pan. And it sizzled up. They uh, uh, they cooked um, cookies. Of course, the cookies had to go back in for a little while because they weren't done. But mm. uh, it was really amazing. They on their Twitter feed, and I want to say it's a few pictures down, and we'll see if we can post that as well. They had this great chart of what it was in the shade, what it was in the sun, and the steering wheel, and in the car seat. And it was just oh, like that was done really, really well. Wow. And I was thinking, you know, back when we were doing weather, it was like. That would have been a graphic I would have loved to have had. Yeah, they must have. They must have had pretty boring weather for that day if they could take the time, you know, for all that stuff. But that's awesome, though. Yeah. So, so my uh, media outbreak this week is uh, actually I got this weather.com. Um, it's so it's talking about uh, there's um, one of the darkest places in the world off of uh, northwestern Africa. You can go there and, you know, it's very hard to see with the naked eye, but if you have a special camera, um, you can see basically what is the whole Milky Way galaxy. And if you go to the website um, on the Stormfront Freaks page, I mean, the views are just unbelievable. The stars you can see, the, the things, um, it's, it's just, it's, it's incredible. It's something that you have to, um, something you have to see, um, you know, in person and, many, and on the website. How many pictures are there? Well, there's, it's actually, um, it's like a sort of like a time lapse. Uh, the website oh, that I, yeah. the, the link that will be posted is, is really, is really cool. Um, Cause it's like a, it's a collection of time lapses of, you know, the, the sky kind of going by. Excellent. All right. We'll make sure that's on the page. Phil, you got one? Yeah. So I've got um, a video that's being credited to Joe Hutzler of Lynchburg, Virginia, but it's actually a, a television broadcast of a Lynchburg college softball game. And during the softball game, a, a decent sized dust devil interrupts the softball game 
uh, goes right over the infield, right over the pitcher's mound. Uh, the ump had to, to call time and everything, but it's, it's, it's quite the uh, video image to see how that affects the, the people, affects a game, you know, actually affects a soft, college softball game. Uh, and it was interesting to see people kind of go, what the heck is this thing? And getting out of the way uh, and, and, you know, it looked really violent because it was pulling up all that red dirt uh, from the infield and, and created quite the, the visual look. But Did um, anybody run through it? Uh, nobody did. Everybody, everybody cleared out of the way. And, and once it got through the infield, it kind of disappeared because it didn't have the, uh, you know, the dirt to, to pull up through it and, and uh, took off, but it was kind of, it was really interesting. So That's cool. we'll, uh, yeah, as, as, um, as Brady said, so we'll get all that stuff on stormfrontfreaks.com. So if you want to watch those videos or see those images, uh, as always, uh, we'll make sure uh, we post those as well. So um, that does it for this episode of Stormfront Freaks podcast. Uh, we want to thank you for listening. If you like the show, uh, tell a friend and give us a, give us a review on iTunes or Google Play. Uh, that's always important to make sure others are, are finding out about us. And, and if you didn't like our show, uh, go ahead and tell us, uh, but give us a review anyway, okay? Uh, we want to answer your questions. We want to discuss your comments on future shows, so send us your thoughts to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or on Twitter at Stormfront Freak. We want to give a special thanks to our guests uh, tonight, Dina Knightley and Paxton Calvinese. And so for MJ, Brady, and Maz, I'm going to go ahead and signal the all clear, and we will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. To subscribe and be notified when new episodes of our bi-weekly show are available, you can go to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or TuneIn Radio and search for Stormfront Freaks. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter at stormfrontfreak. We'd love to hear from you. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stormfrontfreaks. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Why the weather changes as quick as a four season hot ain't doing no upheaving when I'm up to be talking about them temps. They be crazy. So why don't y'all get off my back? I'd like to see you try and give it a whack. Predicting the weather ain't so easy, although sometimes those guys, they seem cheesy. You got to know how to read a map. Also, don't forget about them cold snaps. Also, don't forget about the thunderstorm, which are pretty cool. I'm not saying I know everything when the radar comes back with that ping. I know where the moisture is, so y'all be best be getting off my face, cause I'll be 